You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 109. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited you are back here with me. Again, my name is JC, your host here, and I am so grateful that you have decided to join me. We have been talking about Heaven Bound, and I have had some amazing conversations so far, and I cannot wait to share most of them with you, but we are going to be continuing our solo show today. I'm going to be talking about follow Jesus. So have you ever heard people say, if I'm just a good person, I can make it to heaven? Of course we have, and maybe even we have wanted to believe that ourselves, but we are going to dive into the word to figure out why that is against scripture and what the Bible says about how to make it to heaven, for real, for real. So let's not waste any more time. This is episode 109 that I am calling Heaven Bound, Follow Jesus. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Before we get started, let me share some amazing deals from a few friends of mine. California-based, female-owned, modest boutique Skirt Society has hand-picked pieces perfect for all sizes. For a limited time, use code HELLO10 for 10% off your next order at theskirtsociety.com. From hoodie sets to jumpers, up your fall fashion game this season. If you're trying to tame your mane like I am during the colder months this season, it is time to invest in Uncut. Uncut offers a variety of hair care cleansing and strengthening products that will help restore and renew your long locks. Use code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from UncutHairCare.com today. Are you looking for modest clothing that's both high quality and affordable? Pencil skirts, layer tops, lace extenders, and more can be found at Nuggles. You can also find the cutest, modest options for grade school age girls. Use code HelloAwesome10 for 10% off your purchase at www.nuggles.us. That's N-U-G-G-L-E-S.us and stock up for all your layering needs. So So Modest is run by a one-woman powerhouse of a seamstress, bringing new life to fun fabrics as incredible, modest activewear. Think super cute stretchy skirts with matching leggings, custom made with your measurements. She even makes gorgeous swim dresses that honestly can be worn all year long. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order now when you shop at SoSoModest.com. That's S-O-S-E-W-Modest.com. If you're like me, then your Bible might be in need of a good protective cover. Enter in leather and cord. Using beautiful leather to create Bible covers, notebooks, headbands, and more, leather and cord offers uniquely handcrafted items that honor the Word of God. Use my code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from their shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash leather and cord today. 
Is your skin starting to scream from the dryness already? The weather change is tough on us this time of year, but with Oneness Essentials, you will have all the handmade soaps, lotions, and scrubs that you need to let your skin shine and thrive every single day. At checkout, use code HelloAwesome for 15% off when you order from their website, onenesssoapbiz.com and you will never have to worry about dry skin ever again. Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you get neither. C.S. Lewis Born in 1898, Clive Staples Lewis, or as we know him as C.S. Lewis, was a British writer and a lay theologian. According to an article written on infoplease.com, Lewis was raised as a Christian by his parents. He was sent to a boarding school after the death of his mother, and it was there that Lewis dived deeper into the Bible and his thoughts about religion. However, in his teen years, Lewis left Christianity, becoming more interested with learning other things like Greek mythology. This led him to see religion as, quote, kind of nonsense into which humanity tended to blunder. William Kirkpatrick, an atheist and teacher, began privately tutoring Lewis. Kirkpatrick was a family friend who also tutored Lewis's father, and he challenged Lewis to think for himself and to abandon ideas of religion. Years later, as he entered into his 30s, Lewis came to a renewed revelation. The story goes that while riding on a double-decker bus in the summer of 1929, Lewis came to the conclusion that he had no other choices but to believe in God. Alone in his college dorm room shortly after, he knelt and prayed for the first time in years. Lewis did not have a smooth re-entry into Christianity. He had to weed through doubts, personal debates, and conversations with other people. He even mentioned at one point that he vigorously resisted conversion, saying he was brought into Christianity like a prodigal, saying, quote, kicking, struggling, resentful, and darting his eyes in every direction for a chance to escape. In a letter to his brother, Lewis explained that he became a Christian because for him, there was nothing else to do. He is quoted by describing his young self as, quote, very angry with God for not existing and equally angry with him for creating a world. In his partial autobiography, Surprised by Joy, Lewis wrote about his last struggle with converting back to Christianity. He wrote this, You must picture me alone in that room in Magdalene College, Oxford, night after night, feeling, whenever my mind lifted, even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him, whom I so earnestly desired not to meet. That which I greatly feared had at last come upon me. In the Trinity term of 1929, I gave in and admitted that God was God and knelt and prayed, perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. As someone who also was a proclaimed atheist converted into Christianity, I know personally the struggle it is to deny yourself when faced with the truth, that God is God and we, me and you, are not. There is a story behind every conversion, a story behind every prodigal, a story behind every saint, 
This is why I encourage others to always have open communication with people who think differently so that we can understand why they are the way that they are and how we can connect with them on the human level. C.S. Lewis is not known for who he used to be. He is known for who he became in Christ. The impact of this intelligent man of God challenges believers from every denomination and reminds us that our past does not dictate our future. Our influence and legacy is defined by our dedication to the great creator, the one we've surrendered our will to as we draw closer to him. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. 1 Corinthians 14.33 The more I learn about humanity, and the more I speak to people from all walks of life, the more I recognize confusion at the center of many beliefs. Within that cloud of confusion, proclamations are made that usually have zero biblical influence, and lifestyles are decided based on emotion. Atheists are trying to find purpose in their lives and end up settling for something they can control. Having control of their beliefs brings comfort and security. But this comfort and security non-believers feel that they have is but a smokescreen, a temporary hollow net that will never catch them when they fall. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Psalm 71, 1-3 When I was first coming to the Lord, this scripture was one I repeated every single day. God had revealed to me the cloud of delusion I was living under, and I needed his help to clarify what was truth and what was false. I had to redefine what my purpose in life was through Jesus Christ. Knowing the theme of this podcast season, you might be wondering, what does this have to do with heaven? How does knowing our purpose relate? It's actually quite simple. When we begin to understand who God is, the way he has defined himself as, then we begin to see who we are through how he has defined us. Through God's grace and mercy, we will learn our purpose. This will lead us to seeing why this world is not our home and why God desires that no man should perish, but all come to repentance. The Lord has reserved a place for us beyond this world and has a plan for our eternal life. What we see is not all that there is, and it is our responsibility to seek the help of the Lord when we feel bogged down with confusion. A confused heart is more willing to adopt a lie as truth in order to validate the false security of comfort that they feel. As God's people, we can't afford to be confused. We have to be willing to look beyond our emotions and what is going on in the world in order to see the truth of God. The Lord really does love us and really does want what is best for us. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Proverbs 4, 18 and 19. 
It is no surprise that in society we are struggling with identity confusion in more ways than we can even see. When our purpose is darkened, so is our real identity. This verse in Proverbs is saying that the way or the path of those who do not honor God with their lives is as darkness. They don't know why they trip up because they can't see where they are going. It's like trying to navigate your way through a pitch black room. You are probably going to stub your toe or worse. This is why it's important that we are discerning about the influences we have in our lives and the teaching supplied by unbelievers. Just like Kirkpatrick tutored C.S. Lewis and swayed his beliefs through unbelief, we also can be subject to the cunning agenda of the enemy who uses people as pawns to stumble even the greatest of saints. In Matthew 15, 10 through 14, Jesus speaks about this very thing. It goes, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Earlier in the chapter, the scribes and Pharisees scolded Jesus about the disciples not washing their hands before eating bread, according to the traditions of the elders. Jesus wanted to teach those who would listen that it is in the heart of man that defile him. Defile means to pollute or contaminate, and this lines up with the properties of sin. Sin is anything that separates us from God. Jesus was trying to say that what pollutes us as people comes from within us, and it is sinful. It separates us from God. Peter, needing more clarification about this, speaks up, starting in Matthew 15 through 20. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. If our hearts are contaminated with things that do not honor God, our purpose is not being fulfilled. How do I know this? Because as creation, our purpose is to glorify our creator. It's not to become our own God. It's not to create our own utopia or watered-down earth version of heaven. Whatever we build will eventually fall and will never live up to what God has built for us in heaven. We do not have the capability to fulfill our every need. Only Jesus can. We also do not have the capability to fulfill every need of other people. Only Jesus can. And it is foolish to believe that we, within our own selves, can conjure a life that exceeds all of our expectations and satisfy us to the fullest. It might feel like a great life without God, but feelings are not facts. 
And the truth is, a life without God is a life without purpose. Last October, I listened to the audiobook, You Are Not Enough, and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love, written by Allie B. Stuckey. I've been a fan of Allie's podcast, Relatable, for a while, and she applies biblical principles to culture and modern politics. In her book, Allie said many things that were so profound and soaked in truth. I want to read a portion that made me stop in my tracks and that relates to what we're talking about right now. She says this, The self can't be both the problem and the solution. If our problem is that we are insecure and unfulfilled, we are not going to be able to find the antidote to these things in the same place our insecurities and fear are coming from. She goes on to say this, Our truth is both elusive and unsatisfying. God's truth is present and sustaining. This is important, not only in the way that we view the Lord and ourselves, but how we view heaven and hell. Saying we want to be heaven-bound, but not turning away from ungodliness, is lifting up the God of self. We cannot worship our desires and cater to our wants and expect to enter into glory. Not only is this contrary to the word, but the gospel as a whole. If we had the solution within us this entire time, then why did Jesus die on the cross? Most of the time in our confusion, in order to establish some order, we begin to believe that we are equal with God, and therefore we can determine the definition of salvation. This is what leads many people to believe the false narrative that, if you are a good person, you will make it to heaven. I wish that was true, and I'm sure the majority of us wish that that was true, because we know some very good people in our lives, and we want to see them be saved. But the hard truth is, we are not capable of saving ourselves or other people, and we do not hold the power to decide our own judgment. The Lord Jesus Christ was and always will be the only judge. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. 1 John 2, 23-25 Whether we agree or not, God is a just judge. We all fall short of the glory of God, but he has given us this opportunity to not only seek after the truth of salvation so we could be saved from eternal damnation, but his spirit will guide us daily as we navigate living in a sinful world. Having a fear of God is not being afraid of what he's going to do, but it's to have a level of respect for him that goes beyond the respect we give to others or even ourselves. That reverence makes it possible to deny ourselves as we work out our salvation according to the scriptures, looking unto Jesus for direction and truth and following his plan and not our own. Should we decide one day to sit on the throne and try to be our own judge, deciding what is good and evil, this is the day that we have begun worshiping the God of self. And the God of self is just like any other idol or false god, one that has no power and cannot save, no matter how much we believe it. 
All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Proverbs 16, 2-4 God made all things for himself, including us, even those people who choose to disobey him. He made them too and loves them just as much. It was never in God's plan for them to walk on a different path. They chose that or were born into knowing that lifestyle. But their purpose did not change just because their position did. God's purpose for every created being is tied to who he is. This is why the plan of salvation and the gospel exists. It's an opportunity for every soul to repent from their sins, turn from their ways, and follow Jesus. To be baptized in Jesus' name by water and filled with his spirit by evidence of speaking in other tongues. From there, we must walk hand in hand with God, growing in wisdom and understanding, establishing our walk with the Lord and our dedication to the truth. When we have done this and continue in that vein, this is when God will reproduce good fruit within us and through us so that others can begin their journey too. This is the gospel. The gospel is not do what makes you feel good and you will be okay. The gospel is take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said follow me, not follow thee. You can't follow you because you don't even know where you are going. And the same with me. But Jesus knows not only where we are supposed to go, he also knows how we should get there and what we should do and is ahead preparing a better place for you than where you are right now. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. John 14, 1-7 I think we tend to focus on the mansion part more than the providing part, which sounds really cool, I know. I honestly don't care if it's a shack or a tent, to be honest. Just knowing that Jesus has prepared a place for me in heaven is more than enough. I have to trust that he is not a liar, that what he says he's going to do, he is going to do. So if Jesus says he will prepare a place for you, we should believe it. This reminds me of just how personal our God is. He is the God of the details. Even though he is the judge, and even though he knows exactly what we are struggling with day in and day out, our God still has a great promise for us. And he knows exactly how to bring that promise to pass. Our job is not to decide how to get to heaven. That truth has already been revealed. Our job is to anchor ourselves to Jesus and follow him, 
hopeful that a place is being prepared for us, just like he said. I know our choices in this life can put us on another path not approved by God, but that doesn't change his love for us. This is why Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love he has for us. However, our sin can separate us from fulfilling the purpose God has for us. This is why the cross was the most pivotal moment in history, because God became the living sacrifice to pay the price of sin. Jesus dying on the cross reconciles us to himself. This is why without knowing God and without acknowledging the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no hope for eternal life. It is only through the gospel that we can begin to understand his plan to save us from sin so that we have the opportunity to turn away from the wrong path towards righteousness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6, 20-23 Let's just pause and think for a minute. Do we really want to trust our own limited human minds and feelings about where our soul is going to rest in eternity? Do we really want to chance that? Because if we decide that being a good person gets us into heaven and we are wrong, we will go to hell. But if we follow the Lord and obey his word, taking a chance on God's plan and what he says, not only will we go to heaven, but we also would have lived a life that brings him honor. The legacy we leave behind will be far greater and richer spiritually for the next generation that is following behind us. Three seasons ago, I did do a deep Bible study on the plan of salvation. If you haven't listened to it or don't remember, it's one of my favorite lessons to date because of its importance. I'm going to list them off to you right now so you can write them down and study along if you'd like. It's called Back to the Basics, and it starts at episode 46, The Word, then continues on to episode 48, The Oneness of God, episode 50, Seek Light. Then we take a break for some interviews and we pick back up in episode 61, Repentance, Episode 63, Water Baptism. Episode 65, Holy Ghost Filled. And finally, finishing the series in episode 69, Living a Holy Life. If you do go back and listen to these, I would love to hear your thoughts and what God showed you in the Word. So make sure to email or DM me. I would really appreciate that. Okay, guys, I will be bringing you another interview next week. So stay tuned for that. So make sure that you are subscribed in iTunes or Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the alert when new episodes come out. If you listen on Spotify, make sure you follow the podcast there. As always, leave me a five-star review, letting me know how God has blessed you through this ministry. Okay, friends, enjoy your week, and we will chat again real soon.
If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at HelloAwesomeLive? I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sharing how God used this to bless you. Don't forget to subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome and shop inspirational products, head to HelloAwesome.live using the promo code HELLO10 for 10% off your next purchase. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.